0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, meet and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter. With plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way, we launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living, Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. we are talking birth stories today. Let's do it. I actually know nothing about your birth story with Liv, so I'm so excited for this episode. It's the first time I'm going to hear any of these deets.
1: Oh, good! I'm excited too because I feel like I haven't thought about it in a little while.
0: I know (laughs) we're both just such suckers for a good birth story. It still blows my mind. It's completely miraculous when a kid comes into this world, and each birth is different. It comes in so many just different shapes and sizes, and experience, and a lot of time different as planned. So we are so excited about this episode. Before we get into it, we really want to take a moment just to say that our heart goes out to Anyone wanting a family and it hasn't happened yet or anyone that's struggling with infertility or has had a miscarriage or traumatic birth or infant death, anything along those lines. By no means is this episode... Meant to marginalize the struggles that couples or individuals can experience when trying to get pregnant or having a baby. And we just know that this is a very, very triggering and sensitive topic, or that it can be. And so, as I'm facing my current fertility journeys right now, I can just say that I relate to that feeling of wanting something so badly and it just not going according to plan. So, our heart and prayers go out to each and every one of you struggling right now. And the intent of this episode is really to share our experience. Um, For anyone that's searching for more information on birth, we both think it's just not talked about enough, especially the real side of it. And like we said, births come in just so many different experiences. And a lot of times it comes with fear and just the unknown. And so we are just so excited to share our experiences and some different ways that birth can happen. Before we dive in, I want to give a reminder for all our listeners, if you have any questions you want us to answer on an episode, call our voicemail line. It's 833-444-FULL, so we can answer them here. We've been having so much fun with that. And if you enjoy the episode, just subscribe, share it with your friends and family. You're our village. And we just want to spread these conversations and knowledge with everyone we can. Yes. So let's start with Liv. Walk me through. When did you know you were pregnant with Liv? And I want to ask you about the mix-up of genders because I also don't know that story.
1: (laughs) When did I know we were pregnant? It took a few months to get pregnant. We really weren't sure if it would take years to get pregnant or if it would happen right away. And so once we kind of figured out like, all right, I think we're ready for this, which we talked about on the, the other podcast, our Africa story. We were like, let's just start trying because I don't know how long this is gonna take. And we were grateful that it it did only take three months. But even that three months, it just it was such a, a weird feeling of like, oh my gosh. After the first month I was like, I'm not pregnant. And so my heart does really go out to everybody that's trying because whether you're trying for a few months or a few years, it just is it's such a it's such an interesting like mental game and it's just, it's an emotional roller coaster. So it took a few months to get pregnant. And one morning I I woke up and I don't even think I was really expecting it, but I was like, gosh, I feel a little funny. I was waking up every night at 3 a.m. I just remembered that. And I was like, this is just very weird. Like the 3 a.m. wake ups. I know that's like the witching hour, I think, in the middle of the night, but I'm like, This is odd. So I took a pregnancy test. I had a few of them and I was pregnant. Tyler wasn't awake yet. And I didn't think enough to like, I don't know, think of a fun way to tell him. So I just jumped back in bed and showed him the pregnancy test. But that's how we found out. And then we celebrated and went to dinner. And I think it wasn't until like six weeks, six or eight weeks that I started getting really nauseous. But
0: yeah. You always have the most specific pregnancy symptoms. I feel like people are in two camps. Either you have no symptoms or you've just got all of these symptoms that are super specific to you. I mean, if you see me gagging or craving lemonade, you know, I'm pregnant. It's so bizarre. But also, like you said there, it's such a mind game. You start having these symptoms that convince you that you're pregnant or you convince yourself you're pregnant and then you're not.
1: Right. 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 Exactly. I could convince myself any day that I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Any day of the week.
0: (laughs) I'm shocked that you didn't prank or do it in a cute way with Tyler. What was his reaction? I know.
1: I, I love a good prank with him. He was just so excited and we just got to enjoy that moment. It's so weird now thinking back, not having kids in that moment. It was just us and we got to really enjoy that that pregnancy and it felt like the longest pregnancy ever compared to the other two because right. you know you you don't have little ones to chase around
0: yeah and you have nothing to compare it to yeah okay so the gender mix-up all I know is that there was a gender oh. mix-up I know nothing beyond that
1: well obviously Tyler was I think a lot of guys initially just want a little boy so that they can do all the little boy things with. And we were having a gender reveal party and it was going to be called Diamonds and Dirt Bikes. So we made a cake and half of it was like diamonds and it was all cute. And the other side had dirt bikes on it and we were going to have this like full reveal. And I had heard to get a blood test that told you what the sex of the baby was going to be and so we ordered it i think it was called sneak peek and all you have to do is prick your finger put blood in a little vial and send it in and then they tell you if it was a boy or a girl well we didn't read the fine lines and apparently it said do not have a male present in the room well tyler was helping me the whole time squeeze blood out of my finger into the vial to send it off apparently if any male is present it picks up that y chromosome you probably know all this and and it will say it's a boy we didn't know any of this so we get it back our assistant helped us like plan it so i didn't know a thing and she arranged for like the cake to be done in all blue on the inside and it was going to be dirt bikes anyways so we cut it open it was dirt bikes tyler was just pumped it, People magazine wrote a little piece on it. It was like we all knew it was going to be a boy. Then that was at 12 weeks. So fast forward to 20 weeks. And I think it was actually no way. Tw- 21 weeks. So for that long, we thought that we were having a boy. I was like, oh, little buddy. And I mean, we just kept talking to my belly like it was a boy. And I was just imagining having this boy and we went into the ultrasound and we kept calling my belly little buddy. And (laughs) the ultrasound technician, I will say, I always get really sweet ones. This one was like just not, maybe she was having a bad day. She was a little insensitive and she was just kind of like grumpy and kind of being like telling Tyler to not take a picture or a video or anything. And anyways, she looked at us like we were crazy. And she's like, they told you it was a boy. And we were like, yeah. And I thought she was like kidding. I didn't know if she was pranking us. And she looked at the screen, no, no emotion, no smile, no anything. And she typed out, It's a girl. And we were like, what? And I thought I was, I'm the pranker. I love to do pranks. But she said I was a girl. Tyler had to just like walk out and take a minute because I think he was like, Hold on, we've been like and he's he now he would say he wants a girl over a boy because it's just like the of sweetest course. ever. And quite frankly, they're a lot easier when they're little when they're girls, but typically. Anyways, so it was just this full uh, I mean weird adjustment that we had to do. Obviously, so incredibly grateful. But when you're mentally prepared for something, just was it was a shock.
0: To say the I least. had no idea that it was like 12 to 21 weeks. That's a long time. It was a long
1: time. Like we were fully prepared for a boy, and luckily we didn't do that much boy shopping. Yeah, luckily I was not organized.
0: Oh my god, that's so intense. That is.
1: It was that's, so. Then another People magazine article came out that was like, actually, it's a girl. <laughs>
0: We're just kidding. <laughs> and then it was live. But I can just, I can totally understand about that gender. I don't know what it is. I, I guess disappointment. I think I always dreamed about having a girl. My sister is my best friend in the entire world. And I just always envisioned that for my family. You know, you have these dreams from early on. So when I found out I was having a boy, there was that moment or time when I really was disappointed and I had to wrap my head around it. Obviously that was a period of time when I was much more naive and I hadn't had fertility struggles or cancer or any of the realities of the world yet. So fast forward to today, I really would just pray for a healthy pregnancy and kid. But looking back, there was that time and that initial disappointment. And I'm obsessed with having a boy and so blessed and I wouldn't do it any other way. And I think that initial disappointment is something that a lot of us feel. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our absolute favorite baby and kid foods. Once upon a farm. If you've taken our course or you've just seen our content, you know, we're straight up obsessed with them. Once upon a farm is the leading baby food and kid snack company offering organic cold pressed fruit and veggie blends, dairy-free smoothies, overnight oats, meals, and more. Once upon a farm products are made with whole organic farm, fresh ingredients and no added sugars, concentrates, or anything artificial, which, you know, is so important to us. Mm-hmm. Their new immunity blends are made with nutrition, packed fruits and veggies like elderberry and dragon fruit and added probiotics to help support your little ones for the chilly season or for any reason. Plus they taste delicious. We're all needing this right now. And their immunity blends are clean label project certified, meaning they've been third party tested for over 400 environmental and industrial toxins, including heavy metals. Bryce is loving the mango banana spirulina blend that they have. And we just ordered a custom assortment because I want them delivered to my door without me having to think about it. And it's the best grab and go option. Their subscription offering is fully customizable. So you can pick and choose from their wide variety of blends or meals and switch it up before every delivery. It's truly farm to the fridge, convenience without compromise. Get started today and enjoy an additional 30% off your first subscription order using code living at onceuponafarmorganics.com. That's once com. Now let's get back to talking about birth.
1: I'm glad you said that because I think there is that and, and that's okay. And obviously when everyone's baby comes out, they're just thrilled no matter what, but we all have our, our expectations and hopes and, and yeah, but I'm thrilled how it turned out.
0: Me too. And I just love Liv. So walk me through her birth. This was your first and you didn't have a doula.
1: I did. I did. Oh, you did? Yes. I didn't have Lori. I tried to get Lori, but of course she was booked and it was two days before Christmas. So I didn't think that she would be available, but yeah, I did get a doula and I can't remember who told me I need to get a doula, but I was like, I I feel like this would be really great. So it was the best thing that we did. Honestly, it, it prepared us so much for birth and I feel like I should have gotten a doula Earlier in the process, I I was really late in the game because we were traveling so much and on tour. And so we finally got home and we're like, all right, we need to take our birthing classes and get a doula and do all this stuff. But she really prepped us for the birth and told us what was going to happen and educated us on all, you know, what the things were that they were going to be talking about in the room and possibilities and just like how Tyler could support me. And that was the best of all because I think every husband, spouse, counterpart wants to know how they can be supportive of a woman in labor because we've no one's ever
0: done this before. And that was pretty special to have that. So special. So fast forward to her birth. Just what did Tyler do to support you? Just what stands out the most about her birth?
1: My water didn't break and... That was such a funny thing I learned. I didn't realize that most people's water does not break. But I did go into labor. She was due on the 20th and she came on the 23rd. And so when I went into labor, I was told to just stay at home as long as possible. And so Tyler and I watched Elf and... (laughs) lit candles all over the house and it was dark and it was really just like quiet and peaceful. And then eventually it was getting more intense and we had our doula come over and she just kind of helped Tyler. She showed him like where to push on my lower back and like how to support me and how I could hang on him and just kind of like walk me through that birth or not birth, but labor process. Then it progressed and I was very set on having an all natural birth. I was open to doing epidurals and all that, but I was like, I'm, I'm strong. I can do this. And I'm, I've got like, I do yoga. I'm definitely going to do a natural birth. And anyways, it came down to it. And I was 12 hours into labor. It had gotten so intense. I couldn't stop throwing up. I could not progress past a four. I couldn't relax enough to do that. And I'd done all the breathing exercises. I'd, focused so hard and tried to let go. And I was finally like I've been up all night, I'm exhausted, and my doula was like you are going to need energy to push later. So I I do recommend an epidural if you're open to it and I was like, "Yes, okay, bring on the epidural." And the second they brought the epidural, I was like, "This is amazing. I don't know why I ever thought I would do a natural birth." <laughs> so then I progressed quickly and everything was pretty just like boom, boom, boom. And she came like eight hours later and it was just, the epidural made it very peaceful, honestly. But I pushed a couple times and she came right out. So maybe the yoga came through in the pushing. (laughs) I don't know.
0: I think a good reframe about talking about birth is really just saying medicated or unmedicated births because that's what it is. Lori, you know, our doula, she... Help me see that births are natural and babies come out whole in their own way when they're entering the world. Epidurals, walking epidurals, C sections, emergency sections, you know, all of it. So I think we can set our intention of how we see it going down. But there's just so much stigma and shame that goes along with epidurals or a mom that wants a C section from the start or any which way. And I just don't think that shame should be there. I think there shouldn't be shame in getting an epidural or not or a c-section or not
1: yeah yeah so it it worked really well and needless to say i got epidurals for the next two babies liv's birth was was sweet and it was a christmas time and we got to bring her home on christmas which was so quiet and peaceful and it was just us in the house and even actually i should say this right before i gave birth to her Tyler and I asked for everyone to leave the room and we didn't have very many people in the room anyways. We were pretty firm on just wanting us in the room and a doula and whatever nurses and doctors needed to be in there, but no family. And it was very special. And now, of course, that's pretty normal with COVID. But at that time, I, I felt like I was like, gosh, is this too firm of a boundary for people? But it, it was so nice. And we just had the room cleared and said, hey, can we have a few minutes? And we just prayed together and like we cried right before all the pushing happened and just like had this moment of, all right, this is like just us and we're going to do this. And it was it was cool. What about Bryce? When did you find out you were pregnant with Bryce? And what was the birth like?
0: I don't remember when I found out I was pregnant with Bryce. We were trying for a little while. And so I was just playing that mental gymnastics game of trying not to obsess, but also obsessing. So when it happened, I think I was just cautiously optimistic. I so badly wanted a healthy pregnancy. And sometimes I feel like Josh and I know too much that it's almost a curse. And so we didn't do a gender reveal or anything like that. We were just cautiously optimistic I did have Lori. I did get a doula. And the main reason that I did that is because I really wanted Josh to be able to show up as a dad as opposed to a doctor. And so I wanted someone in the room that could advocate to help our wishes and just so that he could really relax. What I will say about my birth is it definitely didn't go as planned. I think that's a commonality for all of us. First of all, Jay Goldberg, who was who is my OB side note, I love the man. He's so spectacular and so supportive and was so, so critical in me being diagnosed. And I'm forever grateful for him. That's for another episode, but he is just amazing. And so Jay, the entire pregnancy, we'd come in and he'd be like, so Josh, you're going to birth your baby? And Josh was so adamant. He's like, no, no, I'm not. Like Jess, I don't want to. I was like, okay, that's fine. He's like, I just want to be a dad. So fast forward to the actual birth. Bryce came early. I think he came like nine days early. So I really wasn't expecting him. I never had any Braxton Hicks. Everyone's like, your first pregnancy, it's going to go long, yada, yada, yada. And it was Memorial Day weekend. My parents and sister were over and I had my first contraction. I mean, it brought me to my knees, but it wasn't like a significant contraction. I remember my mom being like, are you having this baby? And I was like, what are you talking about? Absolutely not. This is my first contraction ever. I'm totally fine. And then they just kept coming. They kept coming and it was like fierce and quick. They left. My sister stayed because she was just like, I just think something's happening here. She got me in the shower because I really, I was like, if this is happening, I want my hair blow dried so I can have that cute newborn pic. I was just so vain in that moment we couldn't even get through the shower. I mean, I was having contractions. I had half half wet hair. We got out. We called Lori. Lori was like, I don't know if you guys are counting the contractions right because these are really close together. So we got one of those calculators that we were doing and we, in fact, were doing it right. So Lori came over and it was out of a movie, literally as she was opening the doorknob to our house, my water broke all over the carpet. And what was interesting is that from when my water broke... You could see that some meconium had come out. So, Bryce basically had pooped inside me, which I know is so lovely. So, we had to go straight to the hospital. Not only that, Lori thought this baby was like coming now. So, we get in the car. I'm on all fours, contraction after contraction. Lori's just like holding me up in the back and she's like, Josh, drive. If a police car pulls you over, all we have to do is show her, like, you got to get to the hospital. And so we got there and I remember being like on all hands, all fours on the ground in the parking lot and on the way up, which was just so disgusting to think in hindsight, but that was like a comfortable position for me, or I should say most comfortable. And we got there and I kept having contraction after contraction. I was having a lot of back labor, which I wasn't expecting how I was carrying him. I talked about in a previous episode, he was breached and he flipped. We had an ECV a couple of weeks prior to him coming. So he was just more positioned in my back. And so that back labor, the only way I can describe it is it's like when you're hitting your funny bone where you just feel like you can't control that, that what you're doing. And so each time I had a contraction, I felt this urge to push that I could not stop And so they said to me, like, listen, Jess, like if you keep pushing with each contraction, you're just going to get so swollen and you may not be able to have a vaginal birth. And so I did a couple more and I tried to like breathe through and do some hypnobirthing. And I was just like, okay, give me a walking epidural. Let's do this. Best decision I ever made. The second I got that walking epidural, I like laid back, listened to hypnobirthing. And then out came Bryce. He came so quickly that Jay almost missed the birth. He. He ran in right when he ran in the room, he looked at Josh and Josh looked at him and he's like, all right, man, we're going to do this. And Josh scrubbed up and literally birthed Bryce. He just said in that moment, he just knew that's what he wanted to do and and had to do. And so it was, it was really cool.
1: How cool. Bryce is going to know that his dad delivered
0: him. Yeah, I know. Really cute.
1: Wow. Oh, I love that.
0: All right, you guys, we're going to take another quick break to talk about one of our new favorite podcasts. Once upon a playtime podcast, you know, we love how much play impacts our kids. It's just such a positive thing to do and has such a lasting impact, but it just feels like right now with the normal aspects of life turned upside down and all the stress we're all experiencing, we're finding ourselves as sad as this is forgetting how important it is to just have fun. That's why we've been loving the free podcast Once Upon a Playtime. It's a show for adults and kids about the power of play. It's so good. You've heard me talk about this before, and it's really wild to think about. But as a kid, I just remember playing teacher or playing newscaster. And now to think that for a living, I teach and I have a podcast. It just shows how impactful this is from a young age. Once Upon a Playtime is amazing. It's from the Genius of Play, a nonprofit initiative that provides families with the latest play research, expert advice, and activities for kids of all ages. On the podcast, they have celebrities and well-known personalities just share their stories of their success and how they've been impacted by play. And the coolest part about it is that they take the stories and they turn it into this storytime experience. So our kids are so engaged, but we're also engaged. We find ourselves just listening to it by ourselves when our kids aren't in the car and all the take-home messages are so good. Their latest episode really taught just turning negative into positive, which you know, we are all about. We're telling you tune into once upon a playtime podcast today. You and your kids will love it. Find once upon a playtime where you listen to podcasts and for more info and full transcripts of each episode, visit the genius dot That's once upon a playtime at thegeniusofplay.org. Now let's get back to our conversation. Okay. Let's hear about your other births because you were such a rock star and badass with Luca's birth. I'll never forget. You were on tour. You and Lori called me and you're like, so we're going to go to a couple more shows. And I was like, what are you talking about? You're going to pop. You're going to have this baby on the bus
1: we were, we were so, Lori and I really were like, okay, I, maybe this would be cool if we like had the baby on the bus. Like that was just a thought. And then we're like, actually, no, that'd be awful. <laughs> but it was a fun thought. And yeah, I just didn't, I didn't want to miss out. That was such a fun tour. And so we were like, all right, let's do this. We, we got on the bus and our tour manager and like everybody had this plan. They, you could tell they had suitcases every morning they'd bring our suitcases off the bus as if they were going to take me to the hospital that day. I'm like, guys, it's okay. But they had plans of like, all right, this city, this hospital's closest, this city. And they like had everything like logistics planned out. But luckily that didn't happen. Luca happened when Tyler actually was on tour. Tyler was on a four days on three days off schedule. So he'd be home for three days and he'd be gone for four days. And so I. I did stay home that final week of course. And was like, all right, this baby has to come on the due date, which was one of the days he was going to be home. So anyways, he played his show. I made it through that night and I was like, okay, good. And I I was having contractions all night, but I'm like, this is this is normal. This is okay. It's not happening yet. And I fell asleep. He flew home that night and got home at like 1 a.m. and he walked in the door and I was like, wow, I don't have any contractions. Once I woke up and he was there, the second he walked in the door, started having contractions. It was like, we were like magnets. The second my body felt that he was there, it was like, all right, I'm ready to go. So intense contractions, intense contractions, finally fell back asleep. And the next day, Lori and I were like, all right, this baby has to come today because- I need him here for two more days at least before he goes back on tour. So she was like, all right, you ready for the castor oil? And we, that's when we did castor oil and it was so disgusting. It was like drinking egg yolks or egg, egg whites, not yolks. And I drank three shots of it and he came within eight hours of drinking that.
0: I still get the chills. Every single time I hear that story, just how connected you and Tyler are. I know Luca,
1: in in the way that he came into this world, fast and furious, is just the way that he is, as you know. He's just like, he's just ready for anything. And he's, yeah. Yeah. And then Atlas was the unpredictable one. I was like, oh, you know, I've done this once, twice, and it got faster every time. And, Maybe that means the third will be quicker. And Lori was like, nope, third's wild card. It's going to be unpredictable. And it was. And I had so many, I had a lot of amniotic fluid. I think it went to 41 weeks. But he wouldn't drop because there was so much fluid. He was just kind of floating around in there. And so finally, my OB, I love her. She is the most amazing human ever. She's like, I know you don't want to be induced, but I think it's time we plan the induction because he he needs to come out. It's not safe anymore. And so we planned it and I actually took Cytotec, which is a pill that you just like put under your tongue. And I think it softens the cervix. <laughs> is that right? And it put me into slow contractions and it just was like this very easy. Honestly, the contractions weren't intense and it was just like this nice induction. I would highly recommend that for anyone getting induced if you don't want to do Pitocin or if you want to at least start with that option. But he came, it was it was slower, but it, it was nice. It wasn't like this crazy intense. In fact, like there were a couple moments where I'm like, am I even having contractions? Like I got to five centimeters and I didn't, it didn't feel like the other one which is so
0: atlas like so that is that is atlas
1: it's so atlas he's so easy i know he's so easy and happy and there were times where i was like should i should i fake that this is painful right now should i like fake an intense contraction cuz this is like a lot easier than the other two i don't get it anyways but he came out peacefully and I have to say they were all pretty peaceful entries into the world, which is definitely what I prayed for for every birth. I was like, I just want a peaceful, smooth delivery.
0: And and that's what happened. Thank God. I think that's a really good moral, a good thing to end this episode with. You know, you had three births, same mom, same dad, but they were all so different. And I think we try to plan so much, but Really, it's about just setting an intention and letting go. And so often the birth stories we hear about, I think are the scary ones or the uncomfortable pain or uncontrollable pain that I think can scare pregnant women. And so we really hope that hearing our births, that they didn't go according to plan, but in fact, in the end, we're all peaceful in their own way. There's just some power in letting go and trusting your body. And I think that's really empowering for us women. So- Happy we talked about them. And thanks for being so vulnerable and honest as always, Haley. And I just have to say, birth is no joke. We are rock stars for getting through it. And it's hard and unpredictable, but it's it's miraculous.
1: Don't confuse my saying calm and peaceful and, and everything for easy. It was definitely not easy.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box. You can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you.
1: And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at MeaningfulLiving and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.